man. If you have your Bibles, the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, chapter number five. Ephesians chapter five, one verse, number 20. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe there are four levels when it comes to thanksgiving. I believe the first one is those that are not thankful. That's level one. All they want to do is complain and murmur and bicker and gripe and they become hypercritical. There was a man that was like that and his wife, she was set out to please him. She got up early in the morning. She said, listen, tell me what you want for breakfast. I'll make anything you want. He said, seriously? He said, I want one piece of white toast. I want one piece of whole wheat toast and I want it buttered but not the other. I want one egg scrambled and I want one egg Fried but over easy. Do you got it? She said, I've got it. She went in, prepared the breakfast, came back and said, I add bacon to it. I've got orange juice, coffee and milk. Even tea if you want it. He sat there and he began to grumble. And she said, what's wrong? Didn't I make everything you wanted? He said, yeah, but you scrambled the wrong egg. <laughs> There's people like that. They always grumble. They always find a reason to complain. I think the next level, level two, are those who are just filled with ingratitude, like a, like a hog under a tree that's got acorns, and all he's doing is eating those acorns and eating, eating those acorns, but he never takes time to look up to see where they came from. How many people have the blessings of God and never take time to thank him. I think there's a third level of thankfulness. I think there's a level of thankfulness where we're thankful for things that are obvious. We are thankful for our health, our prosperity, for our friends that are good to us, for our family that's sweet to us. We're thankful for our church. We're thankful for God. We're thankful for blessings that are obvious. Then I think there's the fourth level that is the highest level of thanksgiving, and I believe that it's found in verse 20. And I think this is the highest level of thanksgiving. It is uh, imperative, a command that's given to us, and I think it's hard to achieve. Giving thanks always for all things. Not just thankful for the obvious, but thankful for the small things that... They're perpetual uh, in thanksgiving unto the Lord. Uh, there was a man one time, there's an old fable that says a man, he, he went through the devil's uh, barn and he found a bunch of seeds, I mean piles of them. And he said, what kind of seed is that? And the devil said, discouragement. And he said, that's my favorite seed to sow in people's heart, especially Christians. But he said, I cannot get it to take root in someone's heart when they're thankful. When I look at this verse, I see three things we're done. Number one, 
Giving thanks always. Title of the message, always giving thanks. Giving thanks always. Number one, what is the duration of thankfulness? How long, preacher Darren, should I be thankful? Always. Why, preacher Darren, should I always be thankful? Because the blessings of God never cease. Therefore, thanksgiving should never cease. I found a verse as y'all were singing this morning that came to my mind. It's in Psalm 68, and I want to turn there, and I want to read verse number 19. Many of us, we're just blind to the blessings of God. We, we, we don't think about the blessings of God. Look at Psalm 68, verse 19. The psalmist says, Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits even the God of our salvation. What about that? God has loaded my wagon this morning with his blessings in my life. God's been so good to me. Has he been good to you? And you know, sometimes we're blind to his blessings and I think we're blind to them because we don't think about them. And look what he wrote in verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with his benefits, even the God of our salvation, period, then the word Selah. You know what that means? Think on these things. We need to think about how good God has been to us. I I began the service today saying that, that for a child of God, one day for Thanksgiving, the third Thursday of the month of November for Thanksgiving set aside, it's just not enough for a child of God to truly give thanks for what God's done in their life. I think I need 365 days a year. I think I need seven days a week. I I think I need uh, 12 months out of the year. I think I need 52 weeks. I need every hour, every minute to give God thanks for what he's done for me. I'm telling you, when I pray, I want my prayers to God to be crammed full of thanksgiving. Uh, Paul wrote over in the book of Philippians, uh, chapter number four, in verse number six, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'll say this and I'll move off this point. If... You've asked God for more blessings, but you've not thanked Him for what He's already given you. You're being foolish. There was a poet many years ago. His name was Rudyard Kipling. Mr. Kipling was given 10 shillings per word, known for his great poetry at the height of his career. And some younger English students and uh, other writers were making fun of him being paid 10 shillings per word. So they put 10 shillings in an envelope with a letter, they wouldn't sign it, as a joke and said, give us your best word for 10 shillings. And he gave them one word, thanks. Thanks. If you could do anything or be anything, thanks would go a long way. That is the duration of thanksgiving. Always giving thanks. Then look with me in the scripture in Ephesians 5.20. 
Giving thanks always for all things. What are the dimensions of thankfulness? What He's giving thanks for all things. Preacher Darren, why should I give thanks for all things? I give thanks for some things, but I can't give thanks for all things. What about heartaches? What about problems? What about sorrows? What about hurts? What about pain? How can I give thanks there? Well, this is the way I'm seeing it. You ought to give thanks for all things because God rules over all things. And if he rules over all things, you need to be thankful for all things. I think we need to be thankful for simple things. I'm thankful today for water. I got up in the night, I had a dream, I was in the presence of God, honey, I'm telling you, I had a shouting spell and I got in the glory patch along three o'clock this morning and I'm having to spell and then after I shouted a while and went to praying a while and weeping a while, I got really thirsty. I sure was glad I had water. I looked over there and said, well, how good God is to provide us water. Hallelujah. And then I get to thinking about it. I looked down there and, and this morning, I was able to eat me a bowl of cereal and I come back by there and I just didn't take time to wash the dish. But there it sat in the, in the middle of the, of the sink, dirty dishes. And I looked, my grandpa, it's what my grandpa, Floyd Waldrop, he'd always say this. He said, son, I'm thankful for dirty dishes. And I said, what, grandpa? They have to be washed. How could you be thankful for a mess? How could you be thankful for dirty dishes? He said, that means you've had a good meal. I'm thankful this morning for water and I'm thankful for dirty dishes today. I ought to be thankful for simple things. We ought to be thankful for sorrowful things. We ought to be thankful for when we hurt. We ought to be thankful for disease. We ought to be thankful for death, disagreements. We ought to be, Preacher Darren, you've lost your mind. We ought to be thankful for confusion. We ought to be thankful for sorrow. Preacher Darren, how could you be thankful for those things? Well, I want to talk about it today. I believe that God rules over everything. How about you? We know that all things work together for good. He didn't say all things were good. He said things, all things work together for good. You know why? Here's why. Because when bad things happen, God is good. And God overrules bad things and causes them to turn out good. I'm thinking about Calvary. What was designed to hurt our Savior? What was designed to ruin you and me? To take Him down and defeat us? God is good and overruled in the affairs of men. And He took His Son, crucifying Him, shedding His blood, wounding Him, causing Him to be dying and causing Him to be buried that on the first day of the week, he may raise him back again that our sins might be forgiven, that we might be saved. Amen. Thankful for sorrowful things. These, these hard, hard things, heartaches, problems working. And I'm talking to somebody today. You've got sickness. You've got problems. There are problems in your home. There are problems on your job. There are tears today. There's issues I want to say a couple things about this. These things, preacher Darren, how can I be thankful for these things? First of all, did you know that God can use these things to correct us, to bring correction into our life? The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter number 12, 
in verse number 11. Now, no chastening, that's discipline, no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Preacher Aaron, I'm not following you. God can allow the discipline, the whippings in your life to bring correction in your life. Let me say it like this. I never said to my daddy, I saw my dad yesterday. Man, it was so good to see him and get to wrap my arms around him and tell him I love him. And when my dad would discipline me, when, when I'd do bad and he would whip me, he may say, Preacher Darren, your daddy whipped you with a belt, with a switch. Some of you young people don't even know what a switch is. You think it's something on the, on the wall that turns the lights on. Hey, man, you should have grown up with me. The trees around where we live didn't have many limbs because daddy broke them all out whipping us. He'd take one off and he'd whip us and switch us, amen. I never said to my daddy, thank you, what a blessing. Some of y'all laughing because you never said that either because if you would have, he'd have whipped you more. But I'm grateful that I had a daddy who loved me enough to correct me. He may say, son, I'm doing this because I love you. Well, if that's really true, I think I was his favorite. But if God's chastening hand comes in your life because he loves you, can't you be thankful for it? So suffering or these problems and heartaches may bring some correction in your life. Then again, they may cause some, I'm getting tore up. They may cause or, or create dependence upon God. Preacher, and I'm not following you. Well, sometimes these problems and heartaches cause us to depend on God in a greater way than we ever would have before. They, I don't know about you, but problems in my life drive me to the Lord. Problems in my life causes me to depend upon Him. I'm thinking about 2 Corinthians chapter 12, about a man by the name of, of Apostle Paul. And Apostle Paul said in verse 7, he said, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And he said, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. So here is heartaches, problems. I mean a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan. Now, preacher Darren, I can't be thankful for that. Well, listen to what Paul said. Paul, after you asked the Lord three times to take it away, he said to me, this is the Lord, he said, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Listen to what Paul said. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. You know what he's saying here? He's saying, Paul... You asked me 
to take away this thorn in the flesh, this sickness, this sorrow, this messenger of Satan, this thing that's hurting you. But I'm not going to take away the thorn because I'm going to add grace in your life to teach you to depend on me. And Paul was thankful. He said, God in his love gave me a thorn that I might see my weakness and that I might learn to depend upon him and that I might learn from him about his strengths. It is heartaches and problems that Paul said was bringing him closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you find that true in your life? You know what else problems and heartaches and troubles, you know what they do? They will confirm your testimony. How many people uh, today, you know that your faith is real? How many of you know that? I want to say this. There are other people that know your faith is real because they watch you. When troubles come in your life, do you still go to church faithfully? Or do you say, oh, things are pretty bad. I'm going to lay out for about a year and come back. And then let me tell you something. It doesn't work that way. You keep serving him in the good and the bad. You keep serving him no matter what. You, you give thanks all the time. When you react to trouble, sorrow, misery, serve, listen, and suffering, you should still serve God. No matter what, keep serving him. The devil accused Job. He said, he, he said listen, God, Job only serves you because of the benefits. You've made him rich. You take away his riches. You take away all these blessings in his life. He'll cuss you, God, like a dog. God said, you can't touch his life, but you can take away everything else. And now Job was bankrupt, bereaved, boils all over his body. Amen. He's a broken man. His bride said, cuss God and die. I'm telling you what, but he did not charge God foolishly. He said, the Lord hath given and the Lord hath taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. I believe he's given thanks always for all things. What about Paul, preacher dear? Well, Paul, preacher dear, I don't think he ever had any heartaches or any problems. Oh, Really? Ephesians chapter 5 that I just read to you, verse 20, giving thanks for all things. Amen. Giving thanks always for all things. Did you know Paul wrote this in a jail cell? He's in the middle of a prison. He's there because he's been preaching the gospel. And he's praising God in the middle of a jail cell, giving God praise. The book of Philippians is a book that speaks of rejoicing. Did you know that the book of Philippians was written from another jail cell? I mean, when Paul came to town, he didn't check where's the motels. He wanted to find out where the local prison was because he knew he was going to end up there. In Philippians chapter 1, do me the honor of turning and look at verse number 12. Philippians 1, 12. I want you to see this today. Sometimes you're not giving thanks for these hardships in your life. You're just trying to endure. You're trying to mutter through it. You're complaining. You're all torn out of the frame. You've lost your joy. You used to be a joyous Christian. But now problems have come and you've lost your smile and you've lost your praise and your shout. I'm just telling you, honey, God has thought enough of you to allow these problems to come to cause you to depend on Him. So thank Him and praise Him for it. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul says, 
in the middle of a jail cell. But I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. What happened, Paul? He's been beaten. He's been stoned and left for dead. He's been shipwrecked. He's been persecuted. He's been mocked. He's had hungering. He's had thirsting. Listen to me, hear me. He's had character assassination. And yet, he says, these things that's happened to me have been a blessing. Well, go ahead and look at verse 29 while you're here. What a verse. Verse 29. But, for, excuse me, for unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ not only to believe on him, comma, but also to suffer for his sake. God said it's good that you believe on him, but he's also going to allow some suffering, some hardships, some problems to come into your life for which you and I would do well to be thankful, to give thanks always for all things. David said, it was good for me that to be afflicted because before I was afflicted, I went astray. I was astray and God allowed problems to come in my life which brought me back to the Word of God and to the will of God. What about that? So suffering or sorrow or problems, they contribute to your spiritual maturity. And let patience have her perfect work, perfect maturity. When you see a flower that's in full, full bloom, we've got some flowers at our house that are in full bloom right now in the middle of Thanksgiving week. They're in full bloom. And I said, man, those are just perfect. That doesn't mean they're sinless. It just means that they're mature. Hey, when, how are you doing are in your maturity, in your walking with the Lord? Are you blooming for the glory of God? You know what caused me to grow most? Not when I was on the mountaintop, but when I was in the valley. You know what caused me to grow, grow the most when God gave me all these blessings? No, no, no. What caused me to grow the most was when I had problems and heartaches. That's when I dug the deepest. Amen. God's priority in your life is that you would have spiritual maturity. You, they're preaching on TV. God wants you to have health. God wants you to have wealth. God wants you to have service. God wants you to be useful. Everybody's running around now. I want to be useful. I want to be useful. I want to be useful. Let me tell you what God really wants in your life. Spiritual maturity. If your health fails, you can still have spiritual maturity. If you have no wealth, you can still have spiritual maturity. If you're not able to serve Him like you used to, you can still have spiritual maturity. Oh, I'm not used like I used to be used, amen. But God said you can still have spiritual maturity. John the Baptist, the greatest prophet ever. Amen. He, the Bible tells me, Lord of God, listen, here he was. Somebody came and said, all men are turning to Jesus. They're turning away from you, John. He said, he must increase and I must decrease. Though I may not be as useful as I once was, I've got maturity to say to God be the glory. Can you get to that place in your life? Amen. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. I know I'm scattered. I'm just trying to be obedient to what God's laid on my heart. 1 Peter chapter 4. I want to look at verse number uh, 12. 1 Peter 4, verse number 12. 
suffering, sorrow, problems, heartache, they confirm your testimony. They contribute to spiritual maturity, amen. They create dependency upon God. They bring correction in our life. Let me tell you what else they'll do. They can give glory to God. In verse 12, beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice. Rejoice, that's praise with thanksgiving. Rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you, and on their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he's glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matter. If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. When Stephen was stoned, his face shone like an angel. He saw Jesus standing to receive him home. Hey, let me tell you something. How many of y'all know that if you're being stoned, that's not a good thing? That's probably not something you're going to say, oh, praise the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the stoning. But Stephen was giving thanks unto God in the middle of being stoned. What about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Wouldn't bow down to the king and his image when the music was played and they took a fiery furnace and heated it seven times hotter than it had ever been before and they picked him up by the seat of their britches and threw them in the fire. And so hot was the fire that the ones that threw them in died on the spot. And those boys, when they fell in, how many of y'all know, to be thrown in a fiery furnace probably is not a good thing. But when they looked around, the things that bound them fell off and they stood up and the king said, didn't we throw in three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Who's that fourth one in there walking around? He looks like the Son of God, amen. I'm telling you, in the middle of suffering and sorrow and problems and heartache, amen, you can get free enough to praise him. Listen, they finally had to summon them boys to come out of the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of there. That's having a time. What had bound them was gone. Hey, they're not slaves anymore. They're not bound up anymore. They're not afflicted. They're not oppressed. They're praising God in the middle of a fiery furnace, amen. And they had to be reminded, you boys need to come out of that fire and come out here where it's supposed to be Say, Glory to God. But the fourth one's still in the fire, amen. Just in case you get thrown in there sometime. Amen. I'm just going to say this. Preacher Darren, well, you didn't identify what's happening to me. Ooh, 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 what's happening to me right now? We, we've got a murder in our family, or we got this. And Listen, I'm not here to give you an explanation. I'm here to tell you we don't live by explanations. We live by exceeding great promises from God, and God is big enough to overrule in your life the evil that's trying to influence and bring harm to you. God's going to turn it around and bring himself glory and do good for you. How many of you believe God's big enough to turn it around? Amen. I go back to our text. I'm almost done. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Giving thanks always. That's the duration. For all things. That's the dimension. Unto God and the Father. 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the dynamic. You know when you give thanks? You're to give thanks to God the Father. Every good and perfect gift cometh from above. God allows, listen, there's nothing can come to you that God didn't allow. In Job's life, the devil had to get permission from God before he could even touch Job's life. So the devil has to get permission before any problem or any heartache, any suffering, any sorrow could come in your life. The devil had to get permission. And hear me, God is going to overrule in that and make sure that he turns it around for your good. So you can give thanks in the name of God the Father. Amen. And look with me. You can give thanks unto God the Father and in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord means ruler. Lord means authority. Did you know when you give thanks, you're to give thanks in the name, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ? When you give thanks, you ought to hit this altar today and say, God, I'm just not giving you thanks in my name. I'm giving you thanks in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, the Bible tells me this. I want to look up the book of Romans real quick. Chapter 1, Romans chapter 1. Look, listen to this verse, Romans 1, 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but, because, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I'm talking about a people that's unthankful. What about 2 Timothy? This comes to my mind. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We've been preaching a lot about the last days. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And I'm going to wind it up right here. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. This know also, then the last days perilous times shall come. May I just say I believe we're living in those last days right now. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. We could go on and on. We're living in a day and age where men are no longer thankful. As a preacher friend was driving down the road and the car coming the other way, the suitcase that was strapped to the top of it came loose and came right in their path. They stopped, pulled over, picked up this suitcase out of the ditch, throwed it in their car, took it home and started opening it and started trying to look through it. The car kept on going because it didn't know it lost that suitcase. They got home. There was no name on the front of it. They unzipped it. They began to look through the clothing and the belongings, and they finally found one thing. It was a gold piece, $20 gold piece. It said Otis Sampson, and it was the Portland Cement Company where he had retired. So they looked and looked and looked. They contacted the Portland Cement Company, and they said, yes, Otis Sampson, here's his number. So they called Otis Sampson and said, listen, we've got your suitcase. It came off your car. He said, I don't care one thing about the, about the clothing. I don't care one thing about the other goods that are in there. He said, the only thing I want is that $20 gold piece that I got when I retired. It's the most valuable thing that we own. 
And so my friend said, we'll be glad to return it. But I want to tell you something about the most valuable thing that I have. His name is Jesus. He died, was buried and rose again. They spat upon him. He was mocked and rejected, ridiculed and shamed. But he died that I might be saved. And the most valuable thing I have is salvation through Jesus Christ, of which I'm most thankful. And sir, I'm returning your gold piece, he said, but I want you to really consider Jesus being the most valuable thing in your life. For one year, he heard nothing back, not even thank you, because people are not thankful. But after one year to the very day, a letter arrived, and in it was a $20 gold piece. And he said, I'm giving this back to you. What was once my most valuable possession, I now give away because my wife and I, I'm 74, she's 72. We have met Jesus and he's now our most valuable possession. Thank you for sharing your Jesus with me. Hey church, can I tell you the most valuable thing I've got is not my health, it's not my family. The most valuable thing I have today is Jesus. I met him on July 13th, 1978. He's been with me ever since, amen. And one day I'll spend all of eternity with him. Hey, my Bible tells me I should always be thankful. You stand to your feet today. Maybe there's somebody you'd take time to come to this old-fashioned altar on this Thanksgiving Sunday and say, Preacher Darren, I'm going up there with you today. I want to pray. I want to thank God for saving me. I want to thank God for his blessings and his promises in my life. I want to praise you. I want to thank you. Folks are coming. God bless you. God bless you. Boy, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, well, right now you ought to call upon him. Is anybody here, your head's bowed. There's nobody looking. You might slip up your hand and say, Preacher Darren, that most valuable thing named Jesus, I need him in my life. I want to be saved. Would you slip up your hand? Is there anybody today? Maybe you're already in the altar. Maybe you're still seated in the congregation. Most people are in the altar already. Anybody? Put your hand back down. If you're watching online, today, Jesus would save you if you'd call on Him. If you'd come to Him and in no wise cast you out, maybe right now at home, you'd slip up your hand, put it right back down. And you're here today. God knows the need. I'm not going to embarrass you. I promise you I want to be your friend. Would you pray with me? Would you say, Jesus, I'm lost so lost I want to go to heaven I believe Jesus died for me tell, tell him I believe Jesus was buried I believe he rose again I believe he's been knocking on my heart's door and I'm letting him in tell him Jesus will you come in <laughs> will you save my soul let me go to heaven Forgive my sin. Wash me in your blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. Your head still bows. Anybody say, Preacher, and I pray today. I'll not embarrass you. 
Amen. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Maybe you're watching at home. Won't you slip up your head? I can't see it. But you slip up your head and say, I'm going to confess. I, Jesus, just save me. Boy, I'd love to hear from you. Won't you get on Facebook or whatever? Say, I got saved today, preacher. That'd be a blessing. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our midst. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We honor you. Lord, we give you thanks for all things. Lord, my Bible doesn't tell me that all things are good, but you said you would work all things for good because you're good. <laughs> Lord, may your blessing be upon these today. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.